They relieved the palms of their branches as the people's palms grasped and then brandished those leafy emblems of both festival and rebellion. These were a people who felt as though they had already spent their second, third, and last chances on zealots, men like Barabbas and that now famous Maccabean. But this Jesus, this new champion, was riding into Jerusalem on a donkey as Zechariah had envisioned him. This king was coming to daughter Zion to take the wicked Roman chariots away from Ephraim. Surely this Jesus was the one to bring God's people salvation. Surely he was the one pictured all across the prophet's hopeful panorama. So they shouted, save us please. They cried, Hosanna, Hosanna. And this Jesus would answer yes to their cry of save us, save us, but not in the way they expected, not by the violent overthrow predicted by their palmy political propaganda. For the humility of that donkey was nothing compared to the way he would answer their shouts of Hosanna. again, everyone, and thank you for joining us as this is Palm Sunday, and today we are focusing in on this story of the triumphal entry of Jesus as he enters into the city of Jerusalem for this last week of his life here on earth, and we've titled this The Entrance of the Healer, that the healer is entering the scene. And uh, for this, as we're looking in John 12, so I encourage you to start grabbing a Bible and looking towards John 12. Today, brought a couple friends up here with me. And so happy to have you, Aaron Holm, our yes, associate pastor of Reach in college, and just yeah. excited to have you with us. Great. It's awesome to be here with you all virtually. What a joy. I'm so glad we can continue to do church in this way in this season. So it's good to be here today. Awesome. And then uh, back by popular demand. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> Matt Doan, our Reach pastor. So welcome. Yeah, yeah. Excited to be here on this rainy but cozy Palm Sunday. Yeah. That's right. And so it's, it's, it's rainy, and so actually there's no reason to not show up to church, though, because you're just <laughs> <Right>? uh, <laughs> in yeah, your normally, living room. Normally in Orange County, if there's a little bit of rain, we all stay home. But today, we're supposed yeah, to. We're still stay all, home. We're still all yeah. staying home. But uh, so, yeah, so to this whole thing, the entrance of the healer, this first segment of this, uh, the first couple verses, uh, John 12, 12 to 13, is that we're all seeking a powerful rescuer. We are all seeking this rescuer, healer, deliverer, and that's what's happening in this passage. So let's read together John 12, 12 and 13. It says, on the next day. Now, on the next day, okay, so what do you mean on the next day? Well, that day before, that day they're talking about uh, was the day that it says everyone was looking for Jesus because of Lazarus being raised from the dead. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. And so everyone's like, like clamoring and looking for him because that's pretty amazing, right? Doesn't that's, happen every day. No. no. Uh, and so on the next day, the large crowd who had come to the feast when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem took the branches of the palm trees and went out to meet him and began to shout, Hosanna! 
Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the king of Israel. So this, this is what's happening. This is the, the moment, this is what we have, where Jesus is coming on the scene. And uh, for you guys to know, like, so Hosanna is this word, right? I mean, you, mm-hmm. you know this, but this word is like a, a worship song word or kind of like a churchy sort of word. But yeah. Hosanna means save us. Mm-hmm save us. So what they're crying out isn't like some, they're not singing a worship song of like, you know, like just singing like praise God or hallelujah. It's not that, it's yeah. save us. It's like desperate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's desperate. And the next thing they say is blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Now that was actually something, it's actually from Psalm 118, Psalm 118, 26 of Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And the rabbis would teach that uh, the one that, they, that would have this said about them is the Messiah. Mm-hmm. The Messiah, the deliverer, the, the rescuer, right. this, yeah. this healer that's coming for them is that one. And um, part of this is that the people are longing for something. Like mm-hmm. when everybody gathers together in this place to wave these palm branches and to like to shout these things of Hosanna, save mm-hmm. us, is they're longing for a couple things. One is they're longing for like a, a military uh, deliverer from occupation mm-hmm. by the Romans. Mm-hmm. So they are all living in this occupation by the Roman Empire, pretty cruel, pretty difficult, high taxation, also very... Uh, uh, not this simple way of life of, of the people, of the Jewish people. Mm-hmm. And so they're longing for that deliverer, but they're also, uh, they're longing for this, whatever it was that they were looking for of this healing of Lazarus, mm-hmm. right? They're all looking for that, being raised from the dead. Like this one that can mm-hmm. work miracles, mm-hmm. they're longing for that. Uh, I was kind of curious from your guys' point of view of in this season of coronavirus, like, what is it that you're longing for? What do you find yourself longing for? I, I think for me, I see people who are hurting in ways they haven't hurt before. Some people, mental illnesses uh, or just new things like all of a sudden someone has anxiety who's never had anxiety before. And yeah. I, I see them and I have compassion on them and I want Jesus to take it away. Yeah. And I know he works in and through hardships and pain, but it's hard to see friends and family who are wrestling with such deep, hurtful things. Yeah. And, and I think the coronavirus has brought on a lot of anxiety and confusion and yeah. unknown. And so my, my initial instinct is to go, Jesus, take it away. Like, yeah. stop it, you know? Yeah, so. yeah absolutely. Yeah, and similar, similar thoughts to that as well. And even just in our context, the last four weeks, pulling up on a Sunday morning and the parking lot is empty. I think you even like put on like social media, like I'm parked in the visitor spot today because <laughs> exactly. no one else is here, right? Exactly. And so I'm longing for us to gather again and really for the, the universal church. I mean, it's Palm Sunday and we're yeah. scattered right now, which there's great yeah. opportunities in that, yeah. but it's also yeah. a longing of once again to be together. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I saw even like these videos that we saw of like uh, these recreations of Palm Sunday yeah, and, and you see everyone's like gathered, everyone's crowded and chanting and you're like, whoa, 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 you're yeah. supposed to be six feet apart. Right. You know, that's now how I see some of these sorts of yeah. moments. Um, but we're, we're longing for just, yeah, we are longing for this to end, I think, yeah. right? Yeah. That's what I'm longing for is for this to end. And yeah. I'm longing for 
I really am longing for people to see Jesus as that sure. one that can Amen. bring like mm -hmm. something more that yeah. to be that rescuer, to be that deliverer. I just, I'm desperate for people to experience Jesus mm -hmm. as that true rescuer, yes. right? That right. yeah. uh, kind of leads into that next mm -hmm. segment. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. yeah, look back in your Bibles to John 12, verse 14. It says, Jesus finding a young donkey sat on it and as it is written, so this is a description of Jesus finding this donkey. And if you actually look at the other three Gospels, there's a lot more details in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. But here it just simply says that he finds a donkey, sits on it. And as it is written, verse 15, fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's throne. And I just even want to focus on that little passage of those words, fear not. And the idea is the entrance of Jesus relieves our fears, yeah. fear not. Yeah. And so, I don't know, even maybe to turn it to a light moment for a second, but do you have any fears that maybe to everyone else would be illogical, but to you to make total sense? Like, do you have any fears <laughs> like that, either one of you? Um, well, illogical, maybe this is kind of illogical because I'm fine right now, but so for those of you who don't know, I'm actually legally blind in one eye and so I have this what fear. What eye? What eye? Uh, it's my, my left eye. Okay. <laughs> my left eye. Yeah, there it is. Um, oh. Sometimes I have to close my good eye to figure it out. Um, and so I have this fear that, like, I'm going to be, like, you know, running, and then all of a sudden a pine cone will drop down and hit my good eye, and I'm blind in that eye, and then I can never see again. So it's kind of sad. <laughs> it's kind of real. It's actually it's a really real. logical fear, I feel. I don't know. Um, maybe not the pine cone part, yeah, but everything maybe not else. That. Yeah. So I don't know. That's a little fear. It's kind of real, but kind of like, what are the odds? But you never know. So, yeah. Okay. And then yeah. Eric, what about you? Balding. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I knew it. And uh, so we're looking for a new associate uh, pastor. Of, no, just kidding. Uh, no, it's real. We do have like just irrational fears, heights, all that kind of. I get freaked out sure. of heights and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. I, I think mine is here in Southern California. I think we all appreciate how giant and scary the crows are. In our region, like, I mean, a crow could take any of us out at any moment. Yeah. And so that is one of my illogical sure. fears. That is for sure illogical. Yes, next time yeah. you look at a crow, be careful. Um, but yeah, I mean, the text here says in verse 15, yeah. fear not. It's interesting, though, uh, it connects this uh, ancient passage, the Old Testament reference to the idea of Jesus sitting on a donkey. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you guys, but a donkey doesn't necessarily inspire not fearing, right? In fact, I think of, you see a photo uh, on your TV right now. Uh, I think of like uh, from the movie Shrek, right? Oh, donkey. Yeah. donkey. And uh, totally so donkeys aren't exactly the most intimidating animals. You would think uh, that Jesus would ride into Jerusalem on like mm. the stallion. Yeah. <laughs> this like yeah. powerful He's taking horse. over. He's kind yes. of coming on a horse. Yeah, but yeah. instead... He's on this meager donkey. And it even says in the, yeah. in the wording here, like, uh, or in the other gospels, a young colt. So it's probably like a, mm -hmm. a, a little donkey or a baby donkey yeah. in yeah. some ways. Uh, but that's a direct reference to Zechariah chapter 9 uh, in verse 9 of Zechariah. It's a great prophecy where it says this, that the Messiah, speaking four, 500 years earlier from when Jesus would be on the scene, says he will arrive humble and mounted mm. on a donkey. And so Jesus fulfilling prophecy from 400 years mm -hmm. in the past. Uh, Jesus is like no other leader, right? He is not the tiger king. 
He is the servant king. Do you like that? Amen. Amen. He is the servant king, meaning that he, he laid down his life yeah. in humility. Yeah. He's yeah. on this donkey coming into this mm-hmm. giant city, this holy city of Jerusalem mm-hmm. in humility with the plan, as we'll read this week on Holy Week, yeah. to lay down his life. And yet he's the king as well. Yeah. Is that he came to conquer death, to overcome sin. And so that's why he's our reigning warrior. And so one day, yeah. oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just was thinking like how I'd rather have a king not on a huge stallion, mm. but a king that fulfills prophecy. Oh, yes. How much more powerful is that? It's not right. just... Uh, like optics, Amen. you know, it's not just how it looks. Yeah. Jesus is the real deal. I love that thought. It's, it's cool. so true. And, yeah. and so that's our God. That's the one that in our fears we can run to. Mm-hmm. There is the hope, though, as the servant king. He came in on a donkey here on Palm Sunday. But Revelation 19 tells us that one day in our future, he'll return mm-hmm. on a white horse right. yeah. as the conquering hero. Yeah. And so that's the God that we can run to in our fears. Mm-hmm. But I just want to make a point, and I think you guys would back me up on this. Being fearful in this season, it's not a sin right. to necessarily be fearful. I think it's pretty normal. Yeah. Um, I have kind of a random story, but uh, before the parks all closed down a couple weeks ago, yeah. Marie took our kids to San Diego Oaks Park uh, up in uh, Anaheim Hills. And they were having this great hike up there. And all of a sudden, I wasn't with them, but this is what they told me. They heard like a mountain lion roar. And so they kind of stopped in their tracks and they're like, what what, what just happened? And then they heard it again. They heard this roar. Now, it might have been some kids messing with them. I don't know. (laughs) But they didn't. They didn't stay to like figure out what happened. They were like, their fear was like, we got to get out of here. And they Mm -hmm. just booked it. Out of there, and so mm-hmm. I think in some ways God makes us or allows us to have fear mm-hmm. to show us, like, hey, this isn't right. This is mm-hmm. something's broken here. Almost a protection right. in a way to keep right. us run, from harm. Run, yeah. Yeah. And yet, with our fear, it's not bad to fear. We all fear in some ways in this season. What do we do with our fears? Mm-hmm. Well, we're called to run to the servant king yeah. Yeah, who is with us. Yeah. Um, and then Corey Tim Boom uh, was. A prolific author, Um, Mm -hmm. she experienced uh, the tragedy, the fear of World War II. In fact, she lived the last couple of her lives, a couple of years of her life here in um, Santa Ana and is buried at Fairhaven. But Corrie Ten Boom says this great quote. She says, never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I love that thought. And then that leads us into verse 16, right, Erin? Yeah, definitely. And I like that. And she says to an unknown, an unknown future. And I think right here in this passage, our next point is that they, the disciples, they didn't understand what Jesus was doing. It didn't make any sense um, for what they were expecting. And so we read in John 12, 16, it says, These things his disciples did not understand at first. But when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things were written of him. And that they had done these things to him. And I think Hmm. you and I, us here and and our whole church, we can really resonate with this right now. Because quite honestly, we don't understand what God is doing. Uh We we don't think he caused the coronavirus. But we know it's it's something that we're like, well, God, what are you doing in this? And and, and it's hard to wrap our human minds around it. And, And I think it is essential in these times when we don't understand what God is doing that we cling to truths in Scripture and we learn from them and glean from them and go, okay, how can I respond to God? How can I respond to life situations when I don't understand what he's doing. Yeah. There's, there's verses like Isaiah 55 
where it talks about his, God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways. Um, or what is it to gain wisdom in, in a time of understanding? What do I do when I don't understand? Well, Proverbs 3 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. Mm-hmm. And, and this morning, I think I want to focus on just two other main parts of, uh, of Scripture um, when we don't understand God. And the first is, is lamenting. Uh, we are given 42 lament psalms. Mm-hmm. And, and lamenting is, is a powerful way that we can connect with God in a new level when we don't understand. And sometimes not understanding comes with pain and sorrow and grief. And lamenting gives us the opportunity to, to connect with God in, in a really honest and vulnerable way. And that's why I, I really appreciate the Psalms because the yeah. Psalms help give us language for every season of life. And we're in an interesting season right now, right? Right. And it's like we, I don't know, like my sort of human nature of some sort is to want to like wrap everything up with yeah. a bow at the end. Yeah. yeah. You know, like to make it like, okay, well, this is sad, but the happy uh-huh. ending of the movie or the story or whatever. Yeah. And sometimes the Psalms are, and of lament mm-hmm. especially, but yeah. like it doesn't mean everything's fixed yet, right? right. That we're there yet. We mm-hmm. have this future, future hope, but yeah. Yeah. it's lament. And, yeah, yeah. And even like David gives us great examples when he prays. It's, you know, lament Psalms. There's not always, yeah, a bow at the end and a happy ending, but. Right. We are invited, I think, into that as David and others were um, to lament, and um, and in that, I think the Psalms give us vocabulary and language. Because sometimes I'm like, I don't even know what words to say in prayer, um, but that's what Psalms are good for as well. And I love this quote by N.T. Wright. He just came out with this article this past week, actually. But he says, "It is no part of the Christian vocation to be able to explain what is happening and why. In fact, it is part of the Christian vocation." not to be able to explain and to lament instead. Mm-hmm. And that's just a simple point. We, we can't explain it, and that's something that maybe we need to own mm-hmm. um, and to go to God and lament instead. And then the other side of this, I, I love Romans 8. Romans 8 is a passage uh, written by Paul, and it's in this context he's talking about suffering and human suffering, how we go through hard things, we go through trials in life. And I do love Romans 8.28. After he talks about suffering, he says... And we know that God causes all things to work together for the good to those who love God, to those who are calling, called according to his purpose. Mm-hmm. And what it's not saying is that God causes all things, right? Mm-hmm. It is saying that all things that do happen, he will allow to work together for our good and for our transformation more into the likeness of Jesus Christ. And that's, like, that's a hope we can cling on to yeah. we don't understand. We have this lament and we have this this hope, and I think it's important that we don't understand what God is doing, that we, we kind of hold both. We don't need to be all the way in one or the other, or, or we can be. Um, but I think there's this, there's this hope that we have in Romans 8, and that we get to do that. Yeah, because it reminds me even of just like the sense of we don't have answers of this moment or thing that's happening yeah. right now, and, and not just coronavirus, but in like all of our life, oh, right? Sure. We don't have the yeah. answer of whatever that thing uh-huh. is, but we have these far greater answers yes. that and, and that brings a hope in the midst of it, mm-hmm. right? Like that God's doing that, leading us towards yeah. something more. Definitely. Yeah. So that means all things. Like in our yeah. eyes, it's like positive, negative. It's like, you know, family, friends, education, yeah. good, bad, everything. Um, it, it will lead to our good. And so that's a promise we hold on to. Hmm. And so I think even in this time where we don't understand, there's a reframing that maybe needs to happen mm-hmm. in our minds. And mm-hmm. And maybe instead of either putting a wall up and not talking to God or, um, or, or just trying to, like, not think about it and, and be numb almost to it, mm-hmm. I wonder what would it would be like if we kind of, 
you know, leaned into it and sought the Lord and sought what he had. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe he will give us a little glimpse into what he's doing. And so I guess my, my question for you guys is, what do you feel like the Lord's inviting you to in this season? And how, how do you feel you can join God in what he is doing and mm -hmm. what he is maybe revealing to you? Mm -hmm. I know I've been thinking about that just even partially is how like, I feel like every morning you sort of wake up and then you remember what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you're sort of, you've got this like, this like sort of anxious moment and it's like this desire to just like check my phone and what's going on and, and all of that. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of how every day I wake up and I've been trying to do this thing where just every day now I, I just pause and I've been saying the Lord's Prayer. Mm -hmm. So I've been trying to like say the Lord's Prayer kind of slowly, recognizing like our Father who art in heaven, yeah. you know, like God, you're in control. Ugh. Holy is your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Like that kind of puts me on the seek ye first, you know, his kingdom versus yeah. my own or whatever. And like I need to look to him to provide, give us this day our daily bread, you know, and like look to him to be the one that brings like forgiveness and his kingdom, his power and all of that. So just, yeah. I don't know, that's something that's I've great. been trying to sort of like sort of center myself around Christ yeah. each day, whereas maybe I was just kind of getting up and running too fast mm -hmm. before, you know. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, and along those same lines, I think applying grace to myself mm. <laughs> and applying grace to each of us in this time. Like, yeah. if you look at even this past week, how, mon how many of us got done what we would say, oh, I... I won today. I got so many things done. I mean, it's just in this context of our lives, there's just, there's not a whole lot we can do. Yeah. And yet just applying grace to ourselves in that, like, okay, Lord, mm -hmm. this is a weird moment. Um, I'm emotionally exhausted. So give me grace yeah. not to check off every to-do on my list. Yeah. And give yeah. me grace just to enjoy you in this time. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. absolutely. I just want to end with this verse in Romans 8. Paul ends with this. I think it's I just love it. It's so powerful, and I, and I pray it's a good reminder to all of us today. Paul says this, I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love, no power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. So that's just another piece of hope that we get to cling on to in this yeah, season. Yeah, absolutely. And then these last couple verses that we have here, I think it leads me to this, this point of that the miracles we've seen in the past will give us strength for the future. Mm -hmm. So these things, these ways we've seen God working in the past strengthen us for the future. So we look at verses 17 and 18 here of John 12. It says, so the people who were with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead, continued to testify about him. For this reason also the people went and met him because they heard that he had performed this sign. And this kind of goes back to that, uh, you know, on the next day of what was happening, that this on the next day is that, that uh, after Lazarus has been raised from the dead, Right? Raised from yeah. the dead. Isn't yeah. that amazing? Like yeah. that these people saw that and these, like, these people are about to go into this week that, I mean, they're all, all about Jesus right now. Mm -hmm. And just a few mm -hmm. days later, they're going to be shouting, crucify him, crucify him. And yeah. it's so easy to kind of like lose our way, I feel mm -hmm. like. And I do believe, though, that when you think about like the, 
the miracles of the Bible, the way that we've seen Jesus' power, and then the miracles that we've seen in our own life can kind of strengthen us. And those don't have to be some crazy radical thing. I mean, it might be, right? But um, these ways that we've seen God working in the past have kind of give us strength. So I do like to kind of go back and look to those moments in my life, whether that was, as I've talked about that, as a baby having leukemia and God miraculously healing me as the elders of our church prayed over me. And that's, that's real and radical. And like, almost for me, like, it's just like, is that, wow, that was my life? What? You know, but looking back to that, to seeing, okay, this is how God was working. And so I just, I believe that God strengthens us in, in that way. And just kind of even like to have us understand a little bit more of what's going on in the rest of this, or in all of this like triumphal entry story is this whole thing took place. This whole story took place on a very specific day. It was this, in the Jewish calendar, uh, it was the 10th of Nisan. And that day was the day that every year on the Passover, that the Passover lamb was set aside. So they would take the lamb that was to be sacrificed and that, that, those Passover lambs were set aside. And then the lambs were tested throughout that week and checked to make sure that they were perfect and unblemished and all of that. And so what Jesus is doing in this moment is not saying I'm coming in as this powerful uh, military leader coming to rescue you from the Romans, but I'm coming in and saying I'm the Passover lamb. I'm, I'm setting myself aside and throughout this week test me and see if that's who I really am, Jesus says. Yeah. And that's what we'll see, yeah. right? That's what we'll see throughout this week is that's why he came. Yeah. Right. And like even for all of us to understand that that is why Jesus came. The entrance of the healer was not just to rescue us from our, our struggles or our needs or our or coronavirus. That Jesus enters the scene to heal us from sin. Mm-hmm. Jesus enters the scene to bring us into his presence for eternity. And that's why he's come. And we have such a greater hope because of that, yeah, right? Definitely. This greater hope. Yeah. So I, I want to thank so, you so much, yeah, Aaron yeah. and Matt, for being up here. Is then, uh, so thank you for, yep. for sharing. And just I want to close with one more thing. But thanks yeah. for, yep. for coming. And um, for all of us, I want to close with this thought from uh, Philippians 4. Philippians 4, and specifically in the NLT, NLT, because Philippians 4 is this passage of Scripture that is uh, very familiar to us. And also it's, it's a hard one. It's the one that's, be, don't be anxious. You know, be anxious for nothing. And in the NLT it says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. And you're like, I don't know, I don't know if you're like me, but when I read that or hear that, I'm kind of like, okay, Lord, but... I'm still anxious about stuff, right? Like I still am concerned or I still have these worries. But this passage has meant a lot to me to kind of keep going, keep reading in the passage. Don't stop with the bumper sticker, which is this, don't worry about anything. <laughs> Instead, pray about everything. But the next words say, tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything you can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. 
So that peace that is his peace, this supernatural peace that's beyond anything we can understand, that peace will guard your heart and your mind. So when you're in the midst of this season where you're, you're worried, you're worried about a lot of things, a lot of fears that we all have, whether that's money, employment, if it's actual fear of being sick from this virus or a loved one, whatever these fears, these fears are real. We joked about these illogical fears, but we have very real and logical fears. It says that the peace of Jesus will guard your heart, will guard your mind, and what we're supposed to do is tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. And that brings us to that supernatural peace that he came to give. He might not have come to do certain things on that Palm Sunday, but he came to give us eternal peace in him. So let's continue to worship. Let's sing this song about Jesus, who is the one that makes a way. He is the one that is the powerful enough to do this. So let's pray and then I encourage you, don't just sit, but let's sing this worship to our God. Pray with me. Oh, Lord Jesus, you are the one that makes a way. You are the one that conquers sin. You are the one that came into the world to heal us, to rescue us, to rescue us from sin and death and to be very present with us in the midst of these fears, supernaturally guarding our hearts and minds, supernaturally bringing us peace that we could never understand. Thank you, Lord. We worship you now for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen.